Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. You're Matt. Yep. I'm Dory. Mm-hmm. This is our podcast. Yes. Um, listen, we came at you guys with an existential crisis last week. Sure. About the future of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And many of you very thoughtfully and kindly responded. Okay. I mean, I'm on the pins and needles like the audience here. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, you said the future of our podcast. It is an existential crisis. You're really... existential. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're building it up and bringing it down. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Um, no, but, you know, Matt and I had a conversation about it this morning, 
And I read all the emails and listened to all the voicemails that you guys sent. And really, thank you so much for thinking about this and for caring about the future of the podcast. Um, it, it was very nice to hear that people like actually care. That is uh, true. Uh, thanks for taking the time out of your day to write a, an email to a, to, a, to a podcast. Yeah. Um, so I think what we've landed on is we are going to... Uh, kind of backdate the beginning of season two to... I don't know that we can do that. You sure? I thought I you said we know. could. I don't know. Oh. Here's our plan. Here's our plan. Matt's going to give you the real plan. Oh, I thought you were going to let you continue. <laughs> well, no. So, okay. We're either going to backdate to when we got pregnant, if we can do that. But if not, we're just going to flip it to season two as of right now. This is big news, everybody. So welcome to season two of Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. Each season is two and a half years long. <laughs> the pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we we went back and forth on this a bit. And we just decided that, you know, this whole time, the, the kind of the driving narrative of this podcast has been our personal story. Mm-hmm. And we felt like it would be inauthentic to kind of keep it going as just an infertility podcast. Um, so, you know, I think that the fact that we went through all everything that we did with infertility and IVF for two and a half years is just going to color the rest of our pregnancy and probably even you know childbirth and after experience it it will always be a part of our experience um but we are not doing egg retrievals now we are not doing transfers now we're you know so i think we still want to be a resource and a place for people to learn from each other um, about ivf and infertility but when it comes to kind of our personal story it's going to be about pregnancy and we also welcome people's emails and voicemails about pregnancy now i understand for some of you who are still going through infertility you might not want to listen to this and i i get that um we will miss you and hopefully you will come back um or you can just re-listen to all hundred and something episodes of season one yeah um so, yeah, so that's kind of where we've landed. We haven't totally come to a decision about what we're going to do in April um, after we have the baby. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to kind of see how the next few weeks go, see how we feel, and come to a decision. See what kind of dramatic drop-off or increase in listenership we right. get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if... See if no one sends emails anymore. If no one... If, if people stop listening, then the podcast will just come to its natural end. Yeah. Then you will have made that decision. Yeah. For us. Um, but we did, I did want to read a few of the emails that we got because they did kind of help us make our decision. Um, and again, you know, this kind of goes back to something that we talked about last week, which is like, we're never going to be able to please everyone. And some people stopped listening because we couldn't get pregnant. Some some people stopped listening because we got pregnant. Um, and at the end of the day, we just kind of had to do what felt right for us. And, you know, the Facebook group still exists as a resource for people. And it's very active. And I hope that we've built enough of a community around it that 
you know, people feel comfortable sending out their own egg, sperm, lining, embryo, fluid, yeah, uh, uterus, et cetera, et cetera, signals. Okay. Um, this first email is from Lauren. Hey, Matt and Dory, I started listening to your podcast soon after giving birth to my IVF baby in April 2017. Your voices kept me company while I pumped milk every two to four hours since my lively daughter decided she didn't like the boob as much as the bottle. As Matt mentioned in your last podcast, I had to stop listening to your podcast after a while because it made me so sad to know you guys were struggling so much. Mm-hmm. I recently decided to check your podcast and saw the amazing news on your success and I binged the last 10 episodes. I definitely cried listening to you tell the story of learning of your positive pregnancy test. I was so happy for you guys and it brought back the memories of when we learned of our IVF success. Anywho, I just wanted to chime in, re what's next. I know it's difficult for listeners who are still in the trenches of their infertility journey to hear about pregnancy and baby stuff, but hearing your banter as you discuss your personal lives is my favorite part of the show. I really hope you decide to continue some sort of iteration of this podcast. I feel like IVF pregnancy and parenting is a whole nother beast wrought with much more anxiety and worry. Throughout my pregnancy, my husband was obsessed about whether or not I was doing everything right to grow our IVF baby, and I struggled with my dislike of being pregnant. Morning sickness throughout the entire pregnancy, carpal tunnel, outrageous amounts of swelling versus guilt that I was not loving the pregnancy I'd wanted so badly. Girl, I feel you. After I gave birth, I struggled with postpartum and worried that our infertility struggles was nature's way of trying to prevent me from having a baby since I was an unfit mom. It would have been very helpful for me during these times to know that other parents were out there having similar thoughts and feelings. Congratulations to you both and Bo too. We just blew right into the email here. Yeah. No update. Well, that is our update. Oh, I mean, okay. what else do we have to update people on? I don't know. Just life in general. How's your life? Look, it's daylight savings weekend. That's exciting. Extra yep. hour of sleep is coming. Yep. I'm looking forward to taking full advantage of that. Yep. Um, We're meeting with some doulas tomorrow. The Red Sox have won the World Series. Yep. Which was not something that had happened already last week. Oh, yeah, that's true. Truly a great moment in my life. You've cried. Uh, I, 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 sometimes I'll watch clips of them winning the World Series and, and, and cry tears of joy for no one, uh, reason. I have no idea. I can't figure that out. But there it is. doesn't even matter how long ago the World Series was. But Probably the pregnancy hormones. Must be. Sympathy, pregnancy hormones. Yep. As brought to us by David Price, Chris Sale, and Steve Pierce. Um, yeah. You know, I've been working a lot. But that's not that's all normal yeah we're, meet, we're meeting doulas tomorrow Ugh. yeah why why the why the because it's me it's what i do must you kind of why i don't know look guys i just don't want anyone to convince dory to have a baby in a tub no one is gonna do that you, you know, never know you know my mom told me that she initially wanted to have a water birth oh, with me oh boy but she didn't. Well, thank God. <laughs> yep. Sounds dangerous. That's... Plus, then your baby's born in poop blood water. Ew. Right? Is that I... what you want to come into the world in? I mean, I don't want to have a water birth. I know. I'm and just putting that in your head now. And all the doulas I spoke to are very, very comfortable with hospital births. For now. Honey. They're not going to try to like convince me to do something. I First, don't they're going to gonna do. convince you to do that. Then they're going to convince you to sell um, 
big uh, words you can put on walls with inspirational sayings. <laughs> things like... Some like wall decals. Things like, too blessed to be stressed. Uh-huh. You know, we're just going to put that up on your wall. And then, and then what you'll do is then you will find people to sell it. Oh, so it'll be like an MLM. Kind of. A wall decal MLM. But from a from a doula. From a doula. Wow. Okay. Hadn't thought about and that. And then you'll sell the special line to just doulas that says doula to others. <laughs> okay. That sounds great. I uh, don't think either. How was your week? I don't think either of the people we're meeting tomorrow are, are going to do that. But Okay. Um, my week was fine. I haven't thrown up since I threw up, knock on wood, since I threw up the avocado toast about a week and a half ago. Yep. Um, I've just been extremely tired. I get that. You know, yeah. I understand tiredness. Yeah. But it's just, it's a it's a kind of tiredness that I have, haven't really experienced before because it's diclegious tiredness. I didn't realize that was a side effect of the diclegious. Yeah, it makes you drowsy. Does it just put you to sleep so you don't vom? Kind of, I think. Interesting. Um, but you know, my appetite is mostly back. I got some chicken parm delivered for dinner. Weird, uh, weird choice there. It's delicious. Where'd you get it from? Frankie's on Melrose. Frankie's on Melrose. Frankie's on Melrose. The it, place that's, uh, not the, that far, right? Yeah. It's like Melrose. Yeah. Um, it has a neon sign out front. Love a neon sign. Yep. Oh, shit. I have a doctor's appointment that day. Okay. Anyway, weirdly, just I opened my calendar because I was like, did I miss a doctor's appointment? I didn't. Oh. It's in two weeks. Okay. Few. That's a, I really just wanted to bring everybody into my brain. Okay. Did you take your Vyvanse today? Good luck in there, everyone. Yes. Okay. Why? Just wondering. Sometimes when you're like, it's because you haven't taken your Vyvanse. Well, yeah, sometimes. And also right now, it's just because I am so tired all of a sudden. Like, just the second we started this, I just was like, what happened? Hmm. It's weird because we slept pretty late. My energons. We slept pretty late today. You slept very late. I got a night sleep in. You know, because I went to bed at like 1 and woke up at 8.40. Okay, that's, so that's more sleep than sleep. you usually get. Absolutely. Is it too much? Probably. My body's used to four to six hours. Ugh. Ooh. I would be so sick if I slept four hours a night. I am. You are, that's true. Sick in the head. Sick in the head. Okay. Um, I went to synagogue last night. You did? I did. There was a, all across the country, they had special Shabbat services um, to commemorate the victims of the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting. So they had these like special services and a lot of places brought in clergy from like other religions. And um, I went to Wilshire Boulevard Temple here in Los Angeles and they had the woman who's the head of like the Islamic center in LA. They had the guy a guy who's the head of the first congregational church they had a gospel choir um and then they did like a regular shabbat service the mayor spoke and they did a whole they did a whole thing where they commemorated each victim and i was crying and it was very moving i'm very glad i went um yeah um yes <laughs> I uh, did not go. 
Nope. To Temple. You did not. No. No. I did not. Partially out of uh, complete lack of desire to go to Temple. And uh, the rest of it just because I was home and happy to be there. Oh, God. Okay. Work's a little crazy right now, in case anyone wants to know. Um, that's a weird tag. Okay. Hi. Hi. What's happening? Everything okay? Yes, everything's great. Um, yeah, I was hoping that you would come to Temple with me because it was something that meant you know a what? Lot I, to I, me. I couldn't I couldn't muster it because I was you gave me two days notice and then. Well, they gave me two days' notice. I mean, this thing was planned like well, two days look, ago. I get it. Because the shooting happened a week ago. We've also never been to Temple before. Correct. So I just was like, do I want my first time at Temple to be that? No. Okay. Not really. Because then I'll have to go to Temple again to be like, well, what's regular Temple like? Whereas mm. if I make my first time regular Temple, it's all all wrapped into one thing there. Okay. Well, I guess we can go to regular temple sometime. Yep. And I'm going to bring Dory to regular church. Okay. I'm not. I don't go to church, really. Yeah, you don't go to church. Look, occasionally I want to go to a Christmas mass. I've told you I'm happy to go to Christmas mass, but I don't think I can stay up for a midnight mass. That's the best one. But I get so sleepy. I know. But that's the best one. But don't they have earlier ones? Yeah, all the time. You can go to like, you know, four o'clock mass, seven o'clock mass. On Christmas? Christmas day mass. They usually just run in the morning and mm. the afternoon. Well, if you really want to go to they midnight. They run it. <laughs> if you really want to go to midnight mass this year, I will take a nap and go. I'd like us both to go to um, some sort of uh, scien- scientific uh, establishment. You know, like a museum or something. On Christmas Eve? Yeah, just to like be like, oh, okay. Science makes sense. I don't know that museums Rest of it doesn't. are open on Christmas Eve. Well, they should be. They get big I mean, business. You know, something that we could do what? that I've thought about is yeah. having like some sort of Christmas tradition where we either like volunteer somewhere or we go for a walk or like it would be nice to just have. Is there a fighter jet above our heads? <laughs> um, Sounds like a yeah, an old prop plane, maybe a crop duster. Um, you know what I mean? Like it would be nice to have some sort of Christmas yes tradition. Well, like that. we're never the same place twice on Christmas. That's the problem. No, we're always here on Christmas. Oh, we are. Yeah, we should go bowling in the valley. Is that our Christmas tradition? It's like takes no time to get to the valley. Whatever we do, we should do it in the valley because there's no traffic. Okay. Are things open though? I mean, Katz's is. I was thinking more of like a Meals on Wheels type thing. Well, we could eat you in know, the car. You know, serving the we community. We could eat in the car. No. It's not exactly what I meant. Sonic. Roller, roller skating to your... Honey, I know that the Catholics have a big tradition of community service. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Who the what now? Look, we, uh, not just the Catholics, but the Boy Scouts is, is uh, I've done, I've done plenty of community service in my day. 
Well, now we can do it together. You know, like, I do my community service like every thing. day of the of 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 my life uh-huh. when I'm out there, glad handing everyone, giving money to people who ask for it, uh-huh. just being an all around good neighbor. And if everyone was like me, we wouldn't need Christmas. <laughs> That's right. I said it. Wow. I am the physical embodiment of the Christmas spirit. All others bow before me. What? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> What's happening? Are you L. Ron Hubbard? <laughs> I hope so. Ugh, I'd get a boat. <laughs> just sail around the world? Just, just to have a boat. Maybe I'd put it in the backyard. I don't know. I'm not sure I would go into overwater with it. Mm. Anyway, weird day. Here we are. Yep. Here we are. What's uh, next? Well. Oh, do you want to do the business? Do well, we do the business? No, we didn't. Skipping we the didn't we're skipping entirely? the business today. I decided. People know how to reach us. People know how to reach us. You know to leave an Apple podcast review. Um, all right. I'm going to read a couple more of these emails. Because yeah. people had some good ideas that I think we can kind of discuss. All right. This is from Haley. Hey, Matt and Dory, my husband and I are prepping for our first round of IVF. Complete newbies over here. And like so many others, I've thoroughly enjoyed finding a place to learn about the process that wasn't just a Google hole. You're the first podcast I've binged that hasn't been strictly about murder. So I guess that's healthy, too. <laughs> we could turn this into a murder podcast. We would make so many more commercials and listeners. It wouldn't even be funny. <laughs> Um, I don't want to give you too much unsolicited advice, but it's some, well, we asked for it. So it's not unsolicited, but as someone who's just starting out where you were two years ago, I can say I would still get so much out of you continuing the podcast. I, I understand that it's a weird place right now, shifting into baby zone, but hearing you talk about your pregnancy does make me feel hopeful unless I'm feeling, you know, sorry for myself that day, but I always have the ability to fast forward if I need to. Totally. Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm saying is, yes, we can be a whiny bunch, but know that you guys are pretty loved and we all just want to be where you are. Finally, to my idea, why don't you add more interviews to fill in the podcast and keep up on what's going on in, in IVF and ART in general? I really liked the Dr. Amy episode and learned a ton in regards to how to go into my last appointment with our RE. Of course, specialists may be hard to get on a weekly basis. So what about interviewing listeners willing to share their story, which may open up additional discussions and unexpected, quote, egg signals? I know it's a ton of work and would completely respect you tabling the whole thing to focus on what you've spent this whole journey trying to achieve, but we are all open ears to whatever you want to do. Um, she also has a quick mini question slash signal to put out. Yeah, go. It's part of the fun here. My doc has recommended we not do PGS testing because I'm 29 and our issues seem to be only male factor. It sounds nice to save up front, but are we really just risking going through predetermined unsuccessful transfers, a.k.a. spending more on additional transfers with embryos that are abnormal and we don't even know? Why do I feel like I'm gambling if we are already investing tens of thousands? Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, Matt, my husband is also a dumb sperm New England boy, and we thought of you while witnessing the Red Sox clinch from Dodger Stadium last week. Hope we can add to the future fan base with you sooner rather than later. I missed that entire last sentence. Uh, her husband is a dumb sperm New England. Oh, woman, nice. And they thought of you. That's, well, well I, f- I think of me all the time when I think of bad sperm. Red Sox clinch. I just got a, I just wrote a bunch of jokes about Fisher Stevens and then got an email that said, let's not write jokes about Fisher Stevens. Let's figure out what the posters are in Adam's room and then write to those. And I'm like, well, why are we alting that now over the weekend? <laughs> 
if we don't know what the posters are. Anyway. <sighs> okay. Fun Saturdays. Yep. So Haley's suggestion was that we do some more interviews mm-hmm. and perhaps even interview other couples who are either going through or have gone through IVF. Um, which is something that we've tried to do periodically that hasn't really been a thing that we did consistently in part because Matt's schedule got so crazy that it was like impossible to schedule. But we were talking about it this morning and we thought, well, maybe if we like always record at the same time and we're like, and if we get interview subjects, we're like, okay, you have to do it at this time on this day. Yeah. Um, then we could possibly make it happen or, and, or I could also do some of the interviews on my own. Um, I think it would be better if we both did them, but that might not always be possible. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a matter of like a finding people who want to tell their story, finding people whose story is interesting, finding, um, subjects that are akin to the podcast um and sort of going from there look i like interview i like talking to people yeah so and i feel like every time we've done an interview episode people have responded well to it yes you've been on all of them i've not is that true all the interviews well you were on my two dads yeah and you interviewed um hannah and amy yeah also yeah, yeah. that was not a great sounding episode mostly on my my fault but yeah. you know, cause sound. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Should I read a couple more of these or? Well, I mean, look, it's a uh, season two, so maybe we don't even do emails anymore. Not. And we just end the podcast after 22 minutes. Call it a week. <laughs> I just said we were going to do emails and that we were going to accept oh. emails about other subjects Damn too. It. Damn it. I'm sorry. I missed that part. Yep. Um, Okay, I'm going to summarize a few of the other points of view that we got. One point of view that we got a few times was people saying, um, I think the natural end of the podcast is when you give birth and you should just stop there. Yeah. Um, In part because it feels like the natural end of the podcast. I also have thought that same thing. And also you guys don't know how like busy and crazed you're going to be when you have a newborn. Yep. That's which I think both of which are valid. Um, we also have heard from people saying, like, I understand you might want to stop when the baby's born, but you will have so much more to talk about when the baby's here. And you might even want like advice from people in the form of emails and voicemails. Um, or you won't want the advice <laughs> that I mean, to uh, get unsolicited, solicited advice from solicited listeners seems, <laughs> I don't know, crazy. Um, other people suggested stopping this podcast when we give birth and starting a completely unrelated podcast yeah guys do you know what it takes to build a listener base time and effort we already have you we're just going to sucker you by changing the name or season um yeah so someone else suggested make a bi-monthly podcast about life hacks for example, baby stuff, places at Disney, or talking about your personal life. Um, I like a life hack. I do. 
Uh, mm. Someone else, someone else said that um, when they recently became pregnant, they started looking for pregnancy podcasts and they said, I was very disappointed to find a bunch of either overly cutesy or extremely informational podcasts when what I was looking for was the pregnancy version of your podcast. Well, welcome to Welcome it. to the pregnancy version of our podcast. Um, all right. Oh, I also, you know, we talked about this, Matt, you and I talked about this earlier, but... She well, rarely actually says my name. At first, I thought that the, weird to hear. the time code idea was a good idea, but then I started thinking about it a little bit more, and I just thought, but I don't want to feel like in like constricted about not being able to mention my pregnancy after the time code that we've decided is like the end of the pregnancy talk. Like that feels unnatural to me. Sure. So I don't really want to do that. Um. So yeah. So so that was all. That was our our thought process. Thank you all for sharing your thoughts. Welcome to season two. Here we are. I mean, it's almost like we should just put this out as a separate podcast to announce the season two of it all. Should we? I don't know. Hmm. Good question. Like put that out right now? Well, like put out two on Sunday. Oh, that's crazy. No. We're not doing that. Sorry. Just kidding. Suckers. Here's a word for our sponsor. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. 
I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We're back. Here we are. After a couple ads I didn't breathe during. <laughs> why didn't you breathe? I just, you know, I just wanted to get back to the hot, excellent action. Oh. You know? Okay. All right. It's not true. That's not true, guys. <laughs> um All right. Well, are we are we Dory, it's in, it's very hard to tell because you were summarizing emails like where you are in this in this doc. I am on page Oh, no, you don't have the page numbers on there. Um I'm on Alex from Kansas City. Well, that should be helpful. I got him. Here he is. No, wait. Are you sure there's an Alex from Kansas City or wishing you peace, KC? No, uh, this is oh, Alex from just, Kansas City. So the previous emailers' initials were KC, and I uh, thought you had just taken it and gone like, well, that must be Kansas City. No. <laughs> no, there's an actual Alex from Kansas City. Look, he's a longtime listener and a first-time emailer. I think it's a she. Look, they're a longtime listener. Great. And a first-time emailer. I wanted to help the person that wrote in about extra embryos. My husband and I were filling out all the paperwork about what to do with the extra embryos that we wouldn't end up with. As a nurse, I was all for donating to science. My husband had a few more concerns. He didn't want like the idea that they would uh, they were going to grow them out in some sort of incubator and make them into an IVF army. This is exactly what I was saying would probably happen. <laughs> <clears throat> so we asked our embryologist donate to science actually meant for our office if you donate to science it said that what they do is use the extras as training for people who will be dealing with embryos in the office so that any new embryologist or person uh, taking DNA samples for PGS or PGD will have something to train with for the actual procedures for my husband this made him feel much better about donating to science I'm not sure about all offices but i bet you could ask them and see what they do with their quote-unquote science embryos i made I, I wrote that sentence myself uh for us we did one retrieval that gave us two embryos the first did not take and so i'm happy to say that the second stuck 28 week pregnant now congratulations congrats alex from kansas city uh and uh they send congrats our way and they ended up with no extra embryos anyway look i think that it's important to remember that you occasionally the Science baby armies will be built. So so you say. Look, I, I prove me wrong. Um, all right. We heard from someone else about this embryo issue. It's yeah. from Anna Marie. 
Hi, guys. Just wanted to give a perspective from the donating side of embryo donation. My husband and I were very lucky to have a good number of embryos after we successfully had our science baby son. When we started IVF, we thought we would donate to science. When we got the storage bill, we revisited our decision. We knew one child was the best decision for our family. My thoughts had changed on what to do with the embryo, though. I na- embryos, though. I now saw them as a way to help another couple who was going through the hell we went through due to infertility. We did an open donation, and our recipient's son just turned one. I have loved being able to see pictures and hear how he's doing. We've even had them visit. I love spending time with that little guy, but I haven't ever felt as though he was my son. We care deeply for all of them and feel they are extended family. Embryo donation has been enriching for our family. Thanks for everything you do. Side note, I would love to see you continue the podcast. Infertility doesn't end. Even when you have a child, you still feel the effects as you parent. You're still infertile. If you wanted to continue it after your son is here, maybe consider not having one weekly, especially in the first year, which is thoughtful but challenging. (laughs) I'll be very curious to see what my podcast output is in the first year. I think I can do it, guys. I think I can maintain. I think he's crazy. Dory says I'm crazy. Tune in to find out. Um, all right. We are going to skip the next one. Okay. Um, and then we are going to skip the one after that. Guys, Dory is really on the fly here. She's just changing everything. <laughs> Well, I put a lot of these, here's what you should do with the podcast emails in here. And I'm realizing that they are probably not that interesting to people. <laughs> well, what I said to Dory was just, you know, there's probably know, a few different point of view. I know, just put one I of put each them point of view in, in. And then I kept reading ones and I'd be like, well, this point of view is slightly different. I should put this oh, in. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, also, we had a few people who um, were very into the your idea of starting a dad podcast. Dads, what up? Yep catch me later next year yep i'm a dad show yep 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 um all right this is from amy dory loved 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 your article on halloween oh yeah i wrote an article we talked about it last week no we talked about it on the patreon episode oh i lied yep everyone who supports us on patreon already heard about this but for those of you who haven't I wrote an article that was on longreads.com on Halloween and it was about how uh, it made me feel really terrible to see people's adorable pictures of their children on Halloween. Wow. And I felt sad. And I also felt like I had no like place on Halloween because everyone around my age has kids and they did kid things on Halloween and I didn't feel like going out and doing like the raging on Halloween thing that you do when you're like 25. So I never did that. I never did any of that raging really? on Halloween. Oh, no. Interesting. Halloween for me was always a night to, uh, not be around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I'd go to a movie. Sometimes I would, uh, work deliberately mm. like people would be like i don't want to work I'll, I'll, I'll cover did you get paid time and a half no no it's a fake holiday um all right so amy says she left the article on halloween i feel and have felt the same way and even this year at 24 weeks pregnant i can't really get into the dressing up the bump halloween thing Lucky for me, I live in Boston. No one should get into that. And today is the day of the Red Sox parade, so almost everybody's in red and not in costumes. Yay. Um, 
I do have a few costume ideas for our little girl for next year for sure. I'm so happy that you guys are pregnant. I think I shouted for joy when I heard. Oh, thank you. The goalposts, even in pregnancy, however, keep on changing. And I feel like each week is another goalpost for us. At 20 weeks during our anatomy scan, we found out that our little girl will have a cleft lip, apparently pretty common with IVF babies, and we will have to get surgery done in the first year. Not an easy thing to deal with after miscarriage and loss and failed cycles, but again, the posts keep on moving and it's just not supposed to be easy for some of us. Coming to terms with this has been hard more so because of the unknown, but I'm thankful that it's something we can fix pretty easily in the first year. I'm curious if any of your listeners have had babies with cleft and if they have experiences they could share. We are pretty confident that her palate is not involved, but nobody can tell me for sure until she is born. Interesting. All right. Well, the cleft lip signal has gone out. If anyone has any experience with this, please. Little, little Joaquin. Yeah. Little, please let us know. Even though he denies it. Uh, all right. All right. I mean, I'm just following your, your, you're jumping around, so I don't know oh, what to do. You can read this next one from Annette. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Hi guys. We're three years into infertility after a failed FET and a high graded PGS tested donor egg. We're deciding to do an ERA. That's an endometrial receptivity array. For those of you who don't know, uh, the cycle already included, uh, Interlipid infusions, Humira, Humira, no idea, uh, and heparin due to immunology protocol, but still failed. I've had an endometrial scratch before the HRT. Uh, results of the before with an HRT cycle. Before with, yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, results showed not mature enough, so they delayed Lining the FAT. was not mature enough. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> well, you're like skipping words that are important. Mm, I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to be concise. But apparently, Annette writes a very uh, purposeful email. Uh, but an ERA apparently provides more information and is more expensive. However, I'm going to give my body a break from the hormones and plan to do a natural cycle. So I'm sending out an ERA signal. Is it worth doing for a natural cycle? I understand it for an HRT cycle as you replicate the same drug protocol based on the ERA, but in a natural cycle, you don't do anything except monitor your ovulation and lining. Doesn't it all vary from month to month anyway? So the ERA test might be receptive one month, but the next uh, might not apply. So do it or not. Pretty clear question from mm-hmm. Annette. I have no answer. I mean, I'm kind of with Annette's thinking on that. I mean, you're supposed to, that's really, isn't it just to get a drug protocol? Sort of figure out what's working, what isn't working, when the timing is in IVF? Yeah, to figure out if you're um, taking the right amount of progesterone, are you transferring on the right day? Although I guess if you're not, I mean, to do it during a natural cycle, it would tell you the same thing, right? It would say after your period, this many days, you were not quite ready. Right. Wait till this day. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Not yet. Not yet. Hoping mm-hmm. to be a doctor soon. <laughs> um, all right. Honey, remember last week you wondered whether men can die during childbirth? <laughs> I do. I remember. Well, Stacy has an answer. Oh, God. In your last episode, Matt wondered if men ever die during childbirth. And horrifyingly, I can confirm the answer is yes. Jesus, Stacy, Why did you write this in? <laughs> My mother-in-law is a labor and delivery nurse, and according to her, fainting husbands are quite common. 
I don't think most men truly grasp how intense childbirth can be, especially watching their partner in pain. Unfortunately, Oy. one husband suffered a massive head injury when he fainted and died during childbirth. Another time, a husband passed out and landed on top of his wife while she was giving birth. M Mother-in-law had to prop him up so wife could finish pushing. So my advice to Matt is don't be a hero. Have a seat. Keep your sight line above the belly button if you're feeling queasy or wear a helmet. Well, look, Stacy, I worked in a funeral home for a long time. Oh, that's true. Takes a lot to make me queasy. All right. Fair enough. And mostly it's just people being mean to each other. That makes you queasy? I don't care for it. What if people what if people are being mean to me in the hospital? Well, then quite frankly, I'll ask them kindly to stop it. Well, that's why we're hiring the doula. Knock it off, dum-dums. That's what I'll say. <laughs> um, should we take another quick break? It's, I really don't see any other way around it. Okay, great. Okay. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Back to the show. All right. Dory, we have an email here from. Katie, yep. after Stacy warned me of not dying. So, <sighs> Katie from Chicago here. The, she and her husband are doing IVF because of a serious genetic disorder, and they're screening the embryos in hopes of not passing it along to the kids. Uh, so when you're screening for a genetic order, you test for the bulk in bulk for cost reasons. Same cost to test one embryo or 16 embryos with our lab anyway. It took about a year and 92 total eggs to get 17 blastocysts to test. Holy shit. You made 92 eggs in a year. Wow. Uh, it was a slog and there were some scares along the way including the husband randomly having a zero sperm count on retrieval day. Can you believe wow, it, honey? There it is again. There it is again. I stand corrected. They wound up with six PGS, PGD normal embryos. Which Wait, you didn't say why Why they think it, he had zero sperm. A few months prior, he apparently had some viruses that contained. He had the flu. Okay, geez. But God, I'm stop yelling. She doesn't say that. Yes, she does. She says in his case, it was because he had the flu a few months prior. Okay, everyone, don't Apparently get some viruses can flu. temporarily wipe you out. So get the flu shot is what I'm saying, everyone. To whom? Everyone. All right. I did it weeks ago. My arm still hurts. So thank you, everybody. <sighs> May I continue? Please. They hope to do an FET soon after things settle down a bit. Anyway. Throughout this process, I've constantly felt as though I'm going to jinx us. I've knocked on wood so many times. I do that all the time. Uh, that their her uncle, knuckles will probably be permanently disfigured. Uh, I can't bring myself to say something like, by the time I have a baby. Well, we didn't really say that either. If someday I'm fortunate enough to get pregnant, meh. We fall, uh, and bottom line, big toll of IVF is that it's 
difficult to celebrate the small success with so much uncertainty on the horizon. It's like, yay, six normal embryos, hopefully a transfer works. I'm especially concerned that if we gender select, we have a boy and a girl tied for best quality embryo. We'll be sure to jinx it <laughs> at any rate. Matt, I sense that you in particular share a concern over jinxing. You're always like, we're not out of the woods yet. Oh, look, I just I just have a proclivity towards expecting the worst. So, Dory, do you feel this way or did you? Any tips for dealing with a super unproductive mindset or should you just get used to it? Thanks for sharing the journey. I definitely felt that way for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like we were going to jinx things. It helped to just kind of think of things, just think about things in the moment. Like today we have six normal embryos as this woman does. Mm-hmm. Today I am pregnant today. You know, not, not like I might not be pregnant in a week or none of these embryos might work. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I just try to kind of take it day by day and i think you know with the pregnancy i keep thinking i'm i'm gonna like reach certain milestones and and then feel calmer like it first it was like well if i you know when i when i'm my first appointment with the real ob then i'll then i'll be able to kind of calm down and then it was like well once i get to the 12 week scan then i'll then i'll be okay and now it's like well when i when i get when we get to the 20 week scan then we'll really be like okay you know so it feels like i i get kind of like relieved but also sort of like well okay gotta make it to the next thing yeah i mean look we are frequenters of uh of sorrow here on the podcast we uh get a lot of sad emails we've heard a lot of sad things and uh it's hard not to expect them in the sense of like it can happen so we should be aware of this wary of this i'm often wary yeah i often Um, think very far down the road yeah you think too many steps ahead yeah i think 17 terrible steps but then you don't always think about like what to do to get there or what to do to like mitigate that you just think about the worst case scenarios yep so i'm ready for them but are you aren't i but you could be doing stuff to avoid them. I mean, do I really ever panic panic? Sure, I've had panic attacks, but... Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, all right. This Look, in, that, you know, in an emergency situation, who do you want around? Me. I'll know what to do. My brain kicks in. My survival instincts are, are very uh, attuned. All right, this is from Anonymous. Yeah. I had a pelvic ultrasound recently and found out that my ovaries are abnormally small. Four cc's and two cc's respectively, whereas they're supposed to be, they're normally supposed to be between 15 and 20 cc's, I believe. I'm wondering if anyone else has had this happen, what caused it and how it's affected their fertility and health. I've had no help whatsoever so far from doctors or specialists. They just tell me it's fine and this small size isn't related to any health problems I've had or could develop. But I find that pretty hard to believe. There's got to be a reason they're so small. So if anyone has an experience with this condition, I'd love to hear from them. That is interesting. Yeah. I didn't really think of any sort of... uh, I didn't really think of them as uh, having normal or abnormal sizes. Same. You know? We're learning new things still. 
on season two. It's the beauty of this podcast. Yep. All right. What's next? Uh, This is from Lauren. Hi, Dory and Matt. I gasped with delight when Dory mentioned that you two were going to be getting a doula to help support you during labor and delivery. I'm currently a nursing student on the East Coast, and my school has a doula training program that provides free services to women in the community. I just completed the program and attended my first birth last week. It was amazing, and even though things didn't go quite as planned, both mama and baby were healthy and happy. And I definitely cried a little, but for me, that's pretty on brand. Would you be willing to share why you decided to use a doula? <laughs> yes, Lauren. Dory, would you be able to share why you decided to use a doula? Um, you know... My husband's not around a lot. My husband's not around a lot. Um, no, I, I have a lot of friends who have used doulas. And they have mostly had very good experiences. And then I've had friends who had a doula for one of their births and not for another. And they have said that the birth that they had with the doula went much smoother. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, especially I think for a first time parent, it's nice to have someone in the room who is your advocate and can speak up for you and can, you know, can know if things aren't going the way they're supposed to be going um, and can, you know, talk to the doctors and nurses and can help your partner and just kind of be there as support for you um, during labor and delivery. And then, you know, they also do some um, prenatal prep. Most of the doulas I, I spoke to, they do two prenatal visits with you and your partner and kind of go over a lot of stuff with you. Um, they do some childbirth education. So, you know, I just, I just thought it'd be nice to have someone like that in my corner. Uh, yeah, someone that isn't me is probably a good person to have in your corner with the childbirth situation. Because yeah. you've never done it before either. No. no. And, you know, I think it'll be nice for you, too, to have someone who you can kind of turn to and be like, what's happening now? Guys, look at it like this. If you're going to start a podcast, wouldn't you want to give me a call? Your podcast doula. It seems like it. The way I... You give birth to them? Well, the way I give uh, <laughs> advice to people. Yep. Except I don't charge. Yep. Doula's uh, charge. Oh, no. What? Yep. How much does a doula cost? Um, they're between... This is good information for people to have. What's a Los Angeles doula Los, cost? Uh, the ones I've looked at, they range from $1,000 to... I've seen ones as high as $3,500 per month so most of them it it includes um two prenatal visits Mm -hmm. the last month of your pregnancy they're basically like on call for you you can call them or text them like any time of day or night and they'll get back to you right away they come to a lot of them will come to your house while you're in labor um and kind of help you through that they'll go with you to the hospital they're with you the entire labor no matter how long it takes um, and then there's usually one um, postpartum visit included as well. Hmm. Interesting. All right. And the ones, the cheaper ones tend to be like the, the less experienced ones. Um, like one woman I spoke to is a pretty, was a pretty new doula. She'd only been to nine births. And then, you know, I spoke to others. It's nine more than me. I spoke to others who have been to like hundreds of births. Um, so, yeah, I think the two... The two that we're speaking to were kind of in the middle of the range. They weren't the super cheap ones, but they also, I I decided like $2,000 was kind of my upper limit 
on doula services. Um, and that there seemed to be a lot kind of in that range. Yeah. Honey. Yes, dear. Uh, let's finish this tomorrow. When? Before Andy comes over. I have, I'm having lunch with my cousin. What? Yeah. What time are you having lunch? One. Where are you having lunch? USC. What? Yeah. Is there a football game? No. Yes. Is there? I don't know. Anyway, that sounds like a terrible idea. Um, but it's 6.50 or the thing starts at 7. I... No, it starts at 8. Oh, it starts at 8? Yeah. Oh, guys, I got plenty of time to shower. <laughs> That's why I was like, what? <laughs> don't even worry about it, you dum-dums. All right. Well, now everyone knows what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, <laughs> She's going. I, look, I tried to squeeze her in before Andy succumbed. You know, I was I was going to, and then because I I mentioned earlier that I'd be able to, do, and then I remembered I, I I'm supposed to have lunch with my cousin, right? Who's a freshman at USC? Frosh. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Well, then let's continue. All right. This is from Crystal. Hi, Matt and Dory. I will try to stick to facts or else this will get really long. Okay. Husband had testicular torsion when they were 12. Uh, never told anyone because 12-year-olds don't like to talk about their bodies. Uh, did not get it treated. And one testicle painfully grew to the size of an orange then died. Aye. 25 years later, 33. they are 33 and 37. They've been together for 14 years. And uh, he finally, she finally... Asked the gyno what they should do to get pregnant since it had not happened yet. She said they'd do a semen analysis. That'd be the fastest, easiest thing to do. Comes back with uh, zero sperm. Azuspermia. Went to see a reproductive urologist. Uh, they said they would, he would do a micro TESE surgery and IVF with ICSI. Second semen analysis showed zero again. They did a centrifuge, which found three sperm, two alive and abnormal. They waited a couple of months, did the surgery near the end of October. Surgery failed. He only found two abnormal sperm, and the embryologist said they were not healthy enough to fertilize. The RU seems to think donor sperm would be our only option, but we are not ready to give up yet. Husband found a doctor in California who does sperm FNA mapping. They use a very tiny needle, take samples all over the testicle so that they can do micro TESE again and find the exact place where sperm could be. Do any of the listeners have experience with this? I bet they're going to Dr. Workman. Uh, Has anyone found... uh, Has anyone that used sperm found in a centrifuge uh, fertilized eggs with it? I'd send them in there every week if we could get a dozen healthy sperm. Last question is about alcohol. I would say we easily drank 50, Jesus Christ, 15 to 20 <laughs> drinks per week besides the occasional detox month. My husband read cases where alcoholics who had zero sperm could reverse the outcome if they stopped drinking completely. Has anyone been able to do this? We cut back almost completely the few months before surgery, but I'm not sure that it would have been enough time. I started a blog. If anyone wants to see very detailed, sometimes gross information about the surgery and the costs associated, they can do so at the blog. Honey, 
care to hand out that blog's URL? Uh, sure, it's brokenparents.com. There you go. Okay. Look, I don't want to sound like a teetotaler here. But why are you people drinking so I, much? I also had the same reaction where I was like, I don't mean to sound like a a judgmental prude, but that's a lot of drinks. I mean, that just, uh, I look, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I eat like a maniac. So that's my vice, I, I guess. I, I also, I wasn't sure if this was each. If it's each, that is, wow, a shitload of drinks. And even if it's not each, I, I still well, think. Well, hang on before you say this yeah. stuff. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm putting it out there to everyone listening. Is this a lot? Is this a lot? Are, are, are Dory and I just not drinkers? And that's like, and we thusly, well, we find this I was thinking number about this. huge. I was thinking about this. And I, I remembered when I lived in New York. Yes. I probably drank at least 10 drinks a week. That's also great. Well, I mean, that's why you socialize Because I, I went out almost every night. Party! And either to like an event where there was always wine or out to dinner where I always drank a glass of wine or two. At why? Least. It's not even good. It's just, it was just what, what we did. I never really got drunk, but I would always have like, I would have like a cu- a glass or two of wine. Look, like almost every night. Look, how much better it is when you get a nice uh, anything and you get a Diet Coke. Oh boy. What a, what a tasty treat. But then when is. I moved to LA, the culture out here is just different. It's not, and also I was a little older and you know, I didn't like, I don't like to drink and drive, uh, personally. Well, it's spread out here. So it's harder, um, it's harder to, uh, gather people. Right. And I just, my drinking went way down when I moved out here. So, you know, I, I, I see, I can see a world. Do where... I drink the least of anyone you've ever been with in your life? Yes. It's <laughs> crazy to me. For sure. I, I understand. Dory and I, if you ever want to come over, we have a fully stocked liquor cart that stays essentially fully stocked yeah because we never touch it we never touch it we never like come home and have a drink no i mean it sounds nice though i guess i used to yeah you told me you used used to to. like make a martini here and there yeah i don't know i it's so odd to me but what i'm saying is not that you are odd i'm saying that dory and i might be the odd ones so, while 15 to 20 drinks a week sounds like uh, like peak demon in a bottle Tony Stark, <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe that's nothing. I really don't know. Yeah. Um, but. I, I, you know, here's what I would say to you, Crystal. It's, I don't think it's going to hurt your fertility to stop drinking. No. I mean, it's poison. You're putting poison in your body. So, as I often did with delicious cigarettes. So, I, I think it it can't hurt for you guys to both stop drinking for a few months. Um, so, that's 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 my advice. Yeah. Okay. And then, if anyone else has uh, thoughts or has experienced this um, surgery that she's talking about, please let us know. Um, all right. This is from Send All. Finally catching up on episodes, and I guess I will finally email you about the thing I've been meaning to email you about for literally six months. Anyway, approximately forever ago, I was the one who emailed asking about job interview advice. Well, I got that job. 
Honey, we give great hey, job interview advice. Hey, we did it. We only take 2% of your check. Send it. Actually, they offered me the job a level above what I applied for, and it was in theater on the musical theater experience episode. Nice. And it was in Massachusetts, and Matthew Broderick was in one of our plays. What? So thanks for supporting theater because I like having a job. The You're job welcome. was in Williamstown. It was a three-month gig, so it's over now. As a desert dweller, it was super weird for there to be so many trees. <laughs> I get that. And the cities are only like two miles across, and there's so many of them right next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just used to 110 miles of nothing between Tucson and Phoenix. Unfortunately, I didn't get to explore Massachusetts since I was working 90 hours a week. Hopefully, I can go back one day and see more than the inside of a costume shop. Thanks, Sandal. P.S. For Matt, we adopted a dog and named him Reginald reggie barkley oh reg that's uh oh i thought we had a show that's charles not charles god what's his name reg barkley is uh on star trek he's a lieutenant junior grade real wacky kind of guy in a good in a good way um played by god i want to say Schultz, same guy who played uh, Murdoch on uh, the A Team. Anyway, cool. Tori doesn't really think that's cool. <laughs> All right, Jess has a question about getting a puppy. Okay. Uh, we had to put down my 15-year-old dog recently, and I'm I'd really very like sorry to, get to hear that a puppy. Our third transfer will hopefully be around November 28th. We would get the puppy beginning of January. I don't want to put my life on hold for IVF because who knows if or when it'll work. I hear you. Yeah. At the same time, I don't want to set myself up for misery having to train a puppy while in the early stages of pregnancy. You guys have talked about all the extra work and training you're having to do with Bo in preparation for the baby. What do you think? Should we get a puppy? I mean, I tend to think it'd be probably easier to integrate puppy baby than it would be to integrate adopted teenage beau sulky yeah <laughs> rebellious teenage beau yeah yeah but training puppies is a lot of work it it is and you might just if you get pregnant knock wood you know you might be really sick like i can't imagine trying to train a puppy in september when i like couldn't get out of bed i would be really mad yeah so pros and cons but we just gave you two cons. Yeah. Well, I gave you a pro. Probably easier to do that, to integrate the baby and the and the puppy. Totally. Um, all right. <clears throat> What's next, honey? Uh, this is from Carly. Yep. Um, my name is Carly from Seattle. I've been listening ever since Matt plugged the podcast on Gilmore Guys. Welcome. I'm one of the 20-something listeners that isn't quite on the parenthood route just yet. I ha I am, however, getting married in March of 2020. You know what's happening in May of 2020? What? I'm going to take Sean Gambrone to Las Vegas. He'll be 21. Oh. Adam plays Adam Goldberg on the Goldbergs. When's his birthday? May of 2020. I know. May what? I don't know. I forget. <sighs> All right. <laughs> um, listening to your podcast has given me a totally new outlook on potential parenthood. And I feel like when the time comes, I will be a lot more prepared for anything. My fiance and I go on a trip every year for our anniversary. 
I wanted to plan out something extra special for anniversary number four this March because it will be our last dating anniversary before the wedding. So Disney it is. Okay. All right. We went in October of 2017 and it was his first trip ever. So I felt like it was a little overwhelming for him. It can be. I understand that. Since it's an extra special trip this time, I want to make sure we do some of the classic Disneyland things. We will only be there for two days. You only need to be there for two days. Don't so worry about that not being enough time. Hoping we could send out a Disneyland signal to help, to get some help making our ultimate Disneyland checklist. Girl, you don't need a signal. I'm right here. Well, she sent it out to you. <sighs> Come on, Carly. What are you doing? How about a nice fancy dinner at Carthay Circle? Yeah, you know, I used to prefer Napa Rose. Carthay Circle is still honestly Carthay Circle is 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 good. If but it's you're in gonna the have, park. It's not in the park. It's in California Adventure. Okay, but Napa Rose is in the hotel. Napa Rose is in the Grand Californian. I don't know where they're staying. Maybe they're staying at the Grand Californian. Maybe they're going to take advantage of extra magic hours. Okay. Okay, here's here are the must do things in Disneyland. You must ride the original attractions that uh, started it all. So what I'm talking about here is your is your uh, your pirates of the Caribbean. It's much longer than the one in Disney World. It's better in many 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 ways. Um, stop by Walt's uh, apartment above uh, the firehouse. You know his light will be on. That's 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 what they used to do when Walt used to be home. Great moments with Mr. Lincoln right on your right. That is from the 1964 World's Fair. Then you can go on a 1964 World's Fair tour. What does that mean? Well, you visit all the attractions that are here because of that. So I'm talking about, well, the people mover's gone. So not that. Small World. Uh, of course, you got to do that. Um, Carousel Progress is gone. Oh, boy. Well, they have a great, uh, a great Big Thunder Mountain recently revamped. Uh, track was replaced with some new fancy effects on it. Actually, I think it's in better shape now than the Disney World one is. Um, Cars Land is going to be your longest wait right now. That's in California Adventure. I would get there early in the day. If you're doing a park hopper, which I would recommend because you do not want to spend an entire day that both parks are small. So you, you, you want to be able to have the variety of walking across they're not far away from each other like they are in Disney World. They're literally they they share a essentially a common courtyard, um, so you can bounce from park to park pretty easily. Um, I guess your must rides are the classics: your Haunted Mansion, your Pirates of the Caribbean, your your Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, your Splash Mountain, your Matterhorn. You can't get a Matterhorn in Disney World. Uh, the monorail isn't really used for transportation. It can take you to downtown Disney. That's about it. I'm not sure what it's like right now with the construction of Star Wars uh, land, but uh, boy, have yourself a hoot. Now, as far as California Adventure goes, Dory's correct. The best restaurant to eat there would be Carthay Circle. Get a reservation early. Have dinner there. Enjoy yourself. Um, they do make a good martini there. Back to me drinking. Um... And then uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Mission Breakout. That's a fun redress of the Tower of Terror. Cars Land, of course, which is, again, it's really, if you've ridden Test Track, you've ridden Cars Land. The theming's better, though. And uh, look, Paradise Pier 
is what it is. The Incredicoaster is a fine redress. Toy Story Midway Mania you can ride in Florida. And uh, okay, make sure you eat a corn dog. That's going to be at the end of Main Street on the right. There'll be the corn dog cart. It's a Disneyland corn dog. Also, the churros in Disneyland are much better. Get yourself a Dole Whip at the Enchanted Tiki Room. There's a line inside the Enchanted Tiki Room little courtyard area that's going to be shorter than the other areas. Indiana Jones, of course, ride that. (laughs) The end. So much. Thank you. So much information about Disney. Okay. We have another Disney related question. Go. My husband and I found out that I was pregnant the day before our first infertility consultation. (laughs) Hooray. And now as I'm inching along in my first trimester, I'm having trouble keeping this pregnancy a secret. Uh I have a wonderful group of close knit friends and I've told a few people, the ones who I would tell if this ended up not being successful, but we have a trip to California adventure. Oh my God. Planned on November 18th. Oh my God. With the wider group, including husbands and boyfriends. And I just don't know how I'm going to hide this from them. I know I can make excuses for not drinking, but what? Well, it's very easy to do in Disneyland, which is a dry park. But what possible reason could I give for only going on the Little Mermaid and Soren? Um, just a little background. I have a few friends who work for the mouse. So we yeah. go to Disneyland at least once a year together. So these friends have seen me go on these rides for the past 10 years and I'll be just under nine weeks pregnant by then. Ooh, I know boy. it's a weird thing to stress out about, but it's really making me anxious. You, might, was, be, you might be so nauseous that you could just play the nauseous card yeah, anyway. Like you're sick. Yeah. I was uh, even considering not going and then I thought, wait, let's say this pregnancy isn't successful and I'm not pregnant and I didn't get to go on the trip. No, go on the trip. Enjoy yourself. Say so you, what could I tell my friends is a reason for me not drinking, also unusual for me, or going on any of the fun rides. Help, guys. Say you're there to take in Walt's original vision, <laughs> which means all this California stuff is bullshit. You want just Disneyland. Um, I think... Get this, nauseous. Pretend you're sick. Pretend you're sick, or, or I know you don't really want to do this, but you could just tell them. You yeah. could say, hey, guys... It's super early. You know, we're not, this might not go anywhere, but right now I'm pregnant. And so, As you guys know, I've been struggling with idea. <laughs> Start it like that. You don't have to go into the whole thing. But either pretend you're sick or just tell them. It's, it's, it's yeah. not, you know, it's not rocket science. No. All right. We have one last Which email. You can't see rocket and or Groot. From Gus. This is Brian Gusky, a.k.a. Oh, Gus. Oh, nice. You might remember me from a Patreon bonus episode a few months ago. I had a weird dream involving you guys, and my wife used to frequent the Daily Scoop. Oh, my God. I used to assistant manage that. I had the timeline confused, though. My bad. Oh. My first note, I wanted to cast my vote to continue the pod, but maybe in a different form. Um, all right. So, and she, and, and he thinks... Uh, that the podcast is the perfect IVF microcosm in a way. You two definitely had a long and difficult road, but ultimately got to your destination. That's true. Um, and, and okay. Anyways, I don't pay as much attention while you guys are reading the names at the end, except of course, when my own name is upcoming. When you read my name at the end of episode 107, I heard Matt say something that I had to rewind a few times to get. I think it was those guskies sneaking in at two levels. Oh, yeah. So after that, I rewound even further and figured out that you may have been referring to Siri K. Gasky. Oh, my God. <laughs> Close but no cigar. Siri, while I'm sure you are an awesome person, slowly, solely because you listen to this podcast, we are not, in fact, related. 
for Sai for a couple of minutes. I thought I might have a long lost relative. Oh. Gusky is a super rare surname. Sorry to uh, bring all the joy to Watertown only to take it away. Yeah, Gus is from Watertown. Enjoy some Greek food. Thank you, Gus, for that clarification. We will not make that mistake again. But I don't really think that's true. Um, reminder, you can support us on Patreon. We are still doing the Patreon bonus episodes. They, you know, sometimes we... I mean, honestly, if you want to know what this podcast is going to be like, listen to the Patreon, <laughs> listen to the Patreon episodes. Um, sometimes we, you know, sometimes we give people news before you hear it on the on the main pod. I mean, usually when there's news to be given, when there's we news try to, to be do given, there first. Um, sometimes we play games. <laughs> uh huh. Sometimes we ask each other weird questions. Yep. Sometimes I'm in a bad mood. Ditto. Yeah. It's just, it's just, you know, it's real. It's raw. It's us listen to it on patreon all right here we go you also have the back catalog of the patreon episodes if you support us there okay here we go first batch of names for november diane, diane oh are we switching off i don't know diana martin angie james uh carolyn land frederick roy a couple check marks in there greg watchhorn hannah crowder jennifer hs judy uh, Layla Arshad. Lauren Gleason. Melody Baltazar. Tara McElfresh. Tyler Rosewood. Don Hafner. Uh, okay, see, I don't have this font, whatever you're doing in there. It's not, I don't have it either. Oh, well, what that means is uh, Karen Thick Hershey. Stephanie, like a thick Hershey bar, remember? Exactly. Stephanie Hetherington. Uh, Abba N. Alan L. Alec Meredith and Fletcher Babel. Allison Dean. Uh, Alyssa Stokes. Allie Moran. Uh, Amanda Lighty. Amy. Amy Giles. Amy Griffin. Amy Sharon. Andrea McCarroll. Uh, Andy Pavlik. Angel Rivera III. Uh, Anne Real. Anon E. Mouse. And then we have one, two, three, four people who chose to be... Anonymous. Anonymous. April Cherry. Ariana Perry. Uh, Arthur Finney. Ashley Cicely Lee. Uh, Ashley Meller. Audrey Watson. Aurora and Zelda. Oh, science twins. Those are cute names. Becca Foster. Uh, ben. A PhD. Brett Jarrett. Brittany Bonanza. And Bruno Macias. Thank good, you good all so very much. Way to go, Bonanza. Yep. All right. I liked F Troop more than Bonanza, but that's just me. Okay, everybody. We'll see you next week. I uh, hope you're enjoying season two of Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. Pregnancy edition? I don't know what we're calling it. Bye. Bye.